the Hill Country Patriot. He's a native Texan, president of the Fredericksburg Tea Party, a student of Ben Franklin and John Locke, and he's a Christian conservative political activist. He's a true believer in the principles that this country was founded upon and comes to you every day to guide, advise, and lead you to become involved in the greatest political experiment in the history of our planet, self-governance. We don't get fooled again. He's Matt Long, and this is the Matt Long Show. Good morning, folks. So happy to be here with you on a uh, Wednesday morning, March 2nd, Texas Independence Day. Yeehaw! Do you know the uh, Texas uh, Pledge of Allegiance? Um, you know, that's uh, it was always interesting when I first uh, was exposed to the Texas Pledge of Allegiance. Um, <clears throat> yeah, nobody put the words up on the uh, nobody put the words up on the wall or up on the screen. And I kind of had to fake it, you know, when you uh, when you're trying to sing along with a song where you don't know the words. And uh, so, yeah, that was what I did. I now I've got it memorized, and uh, it's still funny to hear people in the uh, audience who it's there. It, it's just funny because we don't know it. Texans don't know it. But we're going to talk a little bit about the um, Texas Declaration of Independence today. But uh, probably what everybody's waiting to hear is uh, my take or our take on the elections. We're going to be unfolding that a little bit at a time because, uh, you know, we obviously didn't even have all the data in until I after I went to bed last night. And uh, there's a lot of my wife immediately this morning said, well, I want to know how Alan West did down in the border counties. And I'm thinking, well, there's about three hours of research. I can go through and pick each county and look at the percentages and look at historical. And, you know, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to do all that, doing all of that. Yes, I know. I like reading. Uh, I like reading legislation, too. So that just uh, that, that tells you all about me, everything you need to know right there. And uh, so, oh, and I also like going to Grateful Dead concerts back in the day. So just throw that in. And uh, you'll try to figure out who I am, and you never will. So we have a couple of things. Um, we're now uh, into three weeks of uh, podcast issues. The uh, website, Hill Country Patriot, is uh, up and operating much, much better than it has in a long time. And uh, is looking really good as far as podcasts are going. Thank you to Mario and whoever kind of got the ball moving on that. Um, I'm still, uh, what I need to do with the, uh, with the, uh, podcasts is, um, a little trickier for me than it used to be. And, uh, so you can still get a week's worth of programming. If you go to Hill Country Patriot, if you missed Monday's program or Tuesday's program, and, uh, you want to go in on Thursday or Friday, that is still available. So you have about a week grace period if you want to go back. And what I had been doing since July was uh, taking those uh, down myself and then posting them up so that you would have longer availability, permanent availability for hearing these, uh, uh, the Matt Long Show coming from the Hill Country Patriot, and you will have longer access to it. But right now, there's uh, we're still working on that. But uh, congratulations and thank you. The live streaming is working great. You can listen to us anywhere in the world by going to hillcountrypatriot.com, except maybe in Russia. I don't think, uh, I think we've been, uh, you know. Oh, and of course, uh, Governor, I'm sorry, I can't help myself. No more Russian vodka in Texas. You know, I think if we'd have cut off Mexican-made tequila 
about two or three years ago, we wouldn't even have an issue at the border um, if we told uh, if we told Mexico, yeah, no more Mexican tequila is going to be sold here until uh, Mexico takes care of the border issues. I don't know. I don't think that's too much to ask for. Besides that, we got great Texas vodkas and great Texas tequilas, so we can do without it. All right. Um, truck convoy update. Truck convoy update. Um, uh, the Yes, the truck convoy is going here Friday. Um, I'll give you a window of time that it could be possibly passing through. The earliest um, is going to be about 10 and uh, that would be about the earliest. I expect to sl- start seeing trucks heading down the interstate at 1030 um, uh, in the Kerrville area, Kerrville Comfort, uh, maybe Mountain Home. Um, if you want to go out to Dare tomorrow and take a little bit of a drive down the interstate and scope out, uh, you know, different exits where you might want to park, sure wouldn't hurt to do a little bit ahead of time than to try to, you know, go get out there Friday uh, at 10 o'clock and all of a sudden it's like, well, that looked great when I was driving by it, but there's no place to legally park here or safely park. So go out and do a little recon. I know there's going to be a gathering at Love's after the convoy passes through. Um, the convoy, uh, I've had several people say the convoy is going to stop at Love's. I, the convoy is not going to stop. There may be some trucks that get off at Love, but the entire convoy is not going to pull off the interstate at Love's. I, I can, if I'm wrong on that, I will beg for forgiveness, but uh, the convoy is not going to pull off at Love's. But we do have some pretty awesome people that are going to be at Love's after the convoy passes. And uh, and so there, I would suggest getting to Love's uh, no later than 1030 or so if you want to be in that area. And carpool, if you can. I know some uh, car people were already talking about carpooling since they know there's going to be a lot of uh, cars trying to get down there. So, um, but Friday, uh, it is going to be Friday somewhere between 10 and 12. They're going to be driving through here. You want to pull in and join them. You can do that. And I've had people say, well, I'm going to drive to San Antonio with them. Someone else said they were going to drive on. They were going to turn it into a trip to visit their family. So they were going to follow them all the way to Houston and then get off. So there's a lot of things. I'm still not sure what I'm going to do. I have not asked the bosses yet for the Patriot uh, Hummer, um, but I'm going to go in and do that after today, uh, after I get off the air. But that convoy's on Friday. Lee Gibson has said she's going to be calling in to Harley um, to give an update on where the uh, uh, the truckers are. So if you really want to, if you're trying to time it perfectly, right, then your best thing to do is to listen to 104.3 in the Kerrville area, 102.1 up in the Fredericksburg area, and um, then uh, that you will get an update and get a pretty good idea of where the convoy is. And um, there you go. Stay tuned on Friday morning. That'll be your best way uh, to find out where the uh, convoy is. Um, we're going to take a short break after I give you a little bit of a Ben Franklin. And uh, then when I come back, uh, we're going to talk about next week, we're going to talk about the uh, Declaration of Independence, uh, Texas Declaration of Independence. And we're going to go over some of the um, some of my uh, uh, reactions to the election last night. Um, here we go. Wish not so much to live long as to live well. Wish not so much to live long as to live well. There you go, folks. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. 
folks. We are back. Thank you so much for staying tuned. Um, I want to talk about next week. Um, next week is going to be a very, very, very special week um, on the Hill Country Patriot. Um, if you've been listening to the uh, Texas, um, if you've been listening to our Texas news that we run at the bottom of the hour every day, there's been a story about an elementary uh, a mom in the elementary school in uh, Kerrville who found some really disturbing books in the elementary school and uh, thinks they need to come out of the um, the uh, library for elementary kids and and then what I've been watching and taking in uh, in um, taking in in Fredericksburg is the is the um, books in the middle school. Had a middle school parent who uh, started looking for books in the middle school. And, uh, man, is there some nasty stuff at the Fredericksburg Middle School. They went to the Fredericksburg High School. And so there has been, we want to expose this. See, this seems to be an issue that we all sit around here in the hill country and we go, well, they're not teaching that, whatever it is. They're not teaching that in our high school, right? Because we're out here in the country. We're 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 good conservatives and uh, and God loving, God fearing uh, people out here in the country. And all that stuff you're talking about that takes place in Austin, or it takes place in um, uh, Indianapolis, or it takes place in wherever. It's always someplace out of town. And you'll have parents say, no, of course we don't have that kind of rot in our schools. We do. Next week, we're going to be exposing all of that. We're going to be reading some of the material that is in elementary, middle school, and high school libraries in Kerrville and in Fredericksburg. It's going to be language you have not heard coming off of the Hill Country Patriot, maybe off of any radio station ever. We're not going to use any profanities, all right, because can, we can, we can uh, lose our license for that. There's no profanities, but the material will be so disturbing that there's probably be a lot of people who will say, how can you even, is it legal to read that on the air? That's what they're going to say. All right. Here's the issue. If I can't legally read it on the air, but it's in the middle school library, do you have a problem with that? Some of these books, not some of them, nearly all of them, and there's one in particular um, that uh, was out of the middle school library. If I were to take a page of that, and I'm saying me, an adult, 63-year-old man, if I were to take a page out of that book, photocopy it, and then, uh, I don't know, go down to the Dairy Queen or wherever the, wherever the Utes hang out. I don't know where they hang out anymore or if they do. Um, but if I were to take it down and hand it to a 15-year-old boy or a 16-year-old girl, it would be considered distribution of child pornography, and I could be looking at federal charges. Right? Did you hear that? But it's in your middle school. It's in your high school. A lot of you don't believe that. We had some long discussions about do we read this out loud. First of all, it's uncomfortable to read it out loud. 
In fact, I've had several of the moms say it's uncomfortable to read it quietly in my head, in my office or in my den by myself when there's nobody around. And then to read it out loud in a room with just two or three people in there, it's hard to do. But this stuff is in our schools. So there's been a lot of discussion. Do we read it? Do we talk about it? Do we describe it? What do we do? What do we do? And uh, the decision has uh, been made. We're going to read this material over the air. Because if we don't, somebody will come along, a principal or a superintendent, and they'll come along and they'll say, well, you know, they told you it was a scene uh, about this, this, and the other thing, but it's really not that bad. So we're going to read you exactly what it says. Exactly. So that nobody can say, no, it's not that bad. We're going to read it over the air. We're going to read it over the air, things that I would be arrested for if I were to print on a piece of paper and hand to a minor. I, I, I don't even know how much to go to further. We're going to spend all next week on that. We've got parents from uh, Fredericksburg that are coming in, moms from Fredericksburg with Bring the Books They Checked Out, not books they thought were in the library or heard were in the library or someone told them they were in the library. No, these are moms that actually went into the library, found the books, and checked them out. The school library. The school library. And checked them out and brought them home. All right? So we've got a couple of moms from Fredericksburg. We're going to have a couple of dads from Kerrville who are going to do the same thing. They're going to come in here. We're going to read the books that are available for your junior high student, books that if I or you were to hand them to a child on the street, we could be arrested for distribution of porn to a minor, and in some cases, distribution of the porn with content of minors, which makes it even worse, to a minor. And yet these books are in the library. We're going to spend all week on that. Um, we're going to have an attorney come talk about it. We have a Monica Klein is going to come in and talk about the long-term effects of this kind of material on our students and what is the goal. These people are putting the books in the schools. What, what these people who are supplying these books, who is, why are they doing that? And so on Monday, we're going to have Monica come in and talk about that. Tuesday is going to be the ladies from Fredericksburg. Wednesday is going to be the men from uh, Kerrville. Um, Thursday, um, we're going to have a woman on the air who has been fighting this up in the Canyon area for over two years. In fact, has been a resource to a lot of people down here who are just starting or recently have started looking at the textbooks. So we're going to have her on Thursday. If you have any friends that you know, that uh, have kids in elementary, middle, high school, Kerrville, Fredericksburg, in the Hill Country, you need to go ahead and start telling them, saying, folks, next week, the Matt Long Show. Next week, don't even use my name. Next week at 9 o'clock, Monday through Friday, Monday through Thursday at 9 o'clock, there's going to be an exposure of books that are in our local middle schools and high schools. What's being done about it? Who's doing what? Is there any pushback? You might be surprised on that answer. You might not be surprised at that answer. So that's next week. So we're going to start warning you about next week today. And uh, when we get ready to read those passages, we're going to 
set off alarms and make noises. We're going to give you a huge warning to say, all right, if you got kids in the room, homeschoolers, there will be a point next week where we're going to say, unless you're ready to answer these questions to your kids, unless you're ready to talk to your kids about this, and some may be, some, some may want their kids to hear this so that the parents can then follow through and talk about it. And, and discuss why that's inappropriate and why there are people out here who are trying to ban books. We're not book burners. We're not book banners. But we want appropriate books in our schools. So that's all of next week's programming. And you will, before we read any of those passages, you will get plenty, plenty of warnings and uh, give you the opportunity. And also, as I was talking about the podcasts, the um, they will be available for about a week up at Hill Country Patriot. And so you'll be able to come in, and, uh, and, and if you had any parents that missed it, they'll be able to replay those uh, for about a week at Hill Country Patriot. So that's next week, and uh, I was told that I really need to, or it was suggested to me that I really need to start kind of introducing that idea so that people will know what we're doing next week when you turn on your radio at 9.20 on Tuesday and you're hearing what you would consider pornographic material coming over the radio waves. All right? So there you go. By the way, the, um, uh, the Fredericksburg, I got permission uh, from my Fredericksburg mom. What she did is uh, we're going to hear her story next week, but she has... Uh, she decided to uh, hit every member of the school board with, uh, with uh, pictures of these pages out of the books. And uh, so every school board member in Fredericksburg yesterday was sent this material. Now, they may not have opened their email yet, but they're going to be reading it or opening their email today sometime. It'll be very interesting to see what happens when members of the school board read this, all right, now I don't know what's happening in Kerrville. I don't know. Um, I'm not. We have been working together, but it just started recently. And so I don't know if any of that material has been sent to uh, the uh, Kerrville uh, school board um, yet. That uh, I'll have to ask uh, my Kerrville dads about that. Um, but that's uh, where we're at. The, the notification has happened. I know there's been a lot of uh, notification in Kerrville. Don't know what specifically what it is, but but uh, now the the notification to the school board in Fredericksburg. We'll see where they all stand on this, and you're going to hear next week the smut, the pornography that is in your elementary school, middle schools, and high schools here in the Hill Country, not in San Francisco, not in Seattle but here in the Texas Hill Country. All right, we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Some of the interesting races, again, 
Um, we have to take a huge bird's eye view at this point because analyzing it at the county level or even the city level is going to take some time. I've got a, a lengthy meeting this afternoon. I'll try to sit down and do as much analysis between uh, Thursday and Friday. We're going to break this down. But let's take the uh, overall, the big picture, the Governor Abbott, 66%. Um, the um, uh, Lieutenant Governor Patrick at 76%. Uh, the Attorney General, we're going to have a, it appears that we're going to have a, a um, we're going to have an, a runoff in the Attorney General between, and this is, oh, we got to talk about this, Ken Paxton and yet another Bush. Yet another Bush. Why a Bush? Uh, he calls himself George P. Bush. But uh, uh, we're just going to call him Y.A. Bush, uh, yet another Bush. That's going to be, oh, Lord, I hope that's not an interesting race. I hope that's a runaway. Glenn Hagar is going to remain our comptroller of uh, public accounts. Um, Commissioner of General Land Office, all those people in there. Um, Don Buckingham got 40, barely made, didn't get quite 42%. So, it wasn't even, uh, it, this wasn't even a close to being a runoff. Uh, she barely got four out of every 10 voter. The number two in that is Dr. Tim Wesley. And that was going to be an interesting um, runoff. Uh, let's see, in Commissioner of Agriculture, Sid Miller remains. Um, oh, here's the one. <laughs> here's the one that could be very interesting. 47.1, 47% for Wayne Christian, the incumbent, 47%, which means he has a runoff. Well, who's he going to have a runoff with? As my screen just refreshes every for the SOS office. All right, let me get back down here. He's going to have a, I don't even know how to put this well. Many of you may have not even seen this story. Um, okay, come on, Dad Gummit, it keeps refreshing the Secretary of State. All right, so here we go. I think I've found it. Try to get it to stay. All right, don't go away. God damn it, it keeps going away. All right, Railroad Commissioner Wayne Christian. Um, I hope that with the few remaining ballots that are out. Oh, by the way, can you uh, guess which uh, two counties have uh, issues counting ballots? Come on, I'll give you a chance. Yep, Harris County. <laughs> Harris County still counting down there. I guess they ran out of fingers and toes. Um, and, of course, Dallas County still doesn't have all their results in. I don't know if for a little over 47% if Wayne can get that um, into uh, uh, to 50% plus one with what's left. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not that in tune with, uh, those, um, with those counties as far as how do they generally vote. Again, this is one of those things that... Uh, it's going to take hours of research to kind of get a feel for um, uh, Wayne Christian if he's going to come across the thing. If he doesn't, it's going to be a runoff between Wayne Christian and Sarah Stogner. Huh. Sarah Stogner. Did you know she was even running a campaign? I'll bet you didn't. You might want to look her up today. Um you might want to, when you start looking at uh, 15 seconds videos, Sarah Stogner shot a 15-second or a maybe it was even a 10-second campaign video that she uh, put out on her uh, campaign site on uh, Super Bowl Sunday. And um, it's quite interesting. And 
Sarah decided to um, ride a pump jack. You know what the pump jack is? That thing that goes up and down. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm radio. This is radio. My hand motions are doing you no good. You know what a pump jack is, unless you just moved here from California. So she decided she wanted a video of her riding a pump jack. Well, that's okay. Good for her. And so she got on the pump jack with her Daisy May shorts and pasties. She's running for railroad commissioner. She's going to be in a runoff. And, um, yeah, go look up her video. In fact, she's quite proud of her naked body because she shows it off um, quite regularly on the interwebs. So uh, that's your choice there in the runoff. If things uh, end up uh, where they are right now, is going to be Sarah Stogner, Stogner and her, um, yeah, uh, uh, Wayne and Wayne Christian, the incumbent. I don't even know where to start on that race. And how in the world did she get that? Well, I'll tell you how she got votes like that. It's the same way that Marv, Marv Sarge Summers got 11.9. In fact, Marv, uh, Marvin Summers came in. Did he come in third? No, he came in fourth out of five on that. Um, Marge Summers was, uh, Marvin Summers, uh, Sarge, uh, passed away tragically in an accident about a month ago, three weeks ago. Um, and yet he still beat uh, Dwayne Tipton. If you're Dwayne Tipton, you, you've got to be feeling kind of down this morning that uh, a dead man um, beat you in the race. And I mean no disrespect to uh, Sarge Summers' family or any of that. I, no disrespect intended. Um, so there we go. I do have, without pulling up all the counties, again, it's not uh, as easy to get to the county stuff. I know that one of the victories in uh, the Hill Country was our county judge, uh, Mr. Daniel Jones. Beat, <laughs> he, beat, uh, he, he beat a local with a German name. I'm telling you, folks, miracles never cease in Gillespie County. Um, in fact, we had several people tell us, well, you know, you got to vote for Neffendorf, you know, because he's, 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 uh, Jones hasn't been here that long. And so you got to vote for the Neffendorf. You got to vote for that German name. Um, Jones won. I, that's very exciting uh, for me. I think we're going to have a great county judge in Gillespie County under Daniel Jones. Let's talk about um, how, oh, yeah, the reason I don't have the candidates up. Um, it looks like there may be as well a runoff in House District 19 for those of us in uh, Gillespie County and moving on up. The um, There's going to be a runoff there unless those numbers have changed. Um, and it's going to be between Troxclair and Barry. Um, those numbers still could change. Um, and so that's going to be interesting uh, runoff. And uh, here's another big one. We have going to have a runoff between Pete Flores and Raul Reyes. Folks, there is this is establishment versus conservative. This is establishment versus conservative Republican. There's going to be a runoff, folks. We got to get all in with Raul Reyes. Pete Flores is an absolute choice 
of the establishment. And they, oh, they want him there so bad. They're going to be running so much money through Flores. Um, so that race, Raul Reyes for Senate District 24, that's going to be absolutely amazing uh, race. It's going to take a lot of work. So there's going to be runoff stuff. So you're going to get less uh, mail in your box. <laughs> you're going to get less Fewer text messages. By the way, those of you who are frustrated with receiving uh, text messages from all the candidates, you can go into your settings on your phone. I swear, you can go into your settings on your phone, and you can turn off notifications on your text messages. You can turn off notifications for people who are not in your contact, in your address book, your contact book, right? You can turn that off. Now, you still get them. And there's still that little number lights up down there on your little message thing. And they're still there, but they're in a different folder. And they don't ding your phone every time. So you can just ignore them. I would go in and check. Uh, it's called the unknown senders folder. I would go in there ah, once or twice a day and clear it out. Make sure that one didn't get in there by accident. Um, and uh, But, yeah, I didn't. Uh, after I figured that out, my phone didn't blow up all day every day. And I would just wait and open up that unknown senders folder. And how do they get your number? How do they get any of this stuff? They get all of it because you give it up to them freely. You go into the store, you go in, and you got a pretty good deal on those uh, the pants and the shirts you're about to uh, uh, put on uh, buy, and you go up to the counter, and they say, can we have your phone number? And like an idiot, we give it to them. Sometimes I say, well, if you'll give us your phone number, we'll give you another 10% down. Can we, do you think they do you think that's they just want that because they're curious? No, folks. That's how everybody gets your phone number. Don't be an idiot when they go, oh, I don't know how they got my phone number. Did you put it on your voter application? There's a form there to put it on when you apply to vote, but you, you don't have to put your number there, but it's there. Um does your Republican Party have your phone number? Because I guarantee you they sell your lists, all right? So if you've given it to them. So, no, you don't have uh, privacy on your with your phone number because you have been given that number up for years. And if you don't believe me, try it. Just go ahead and get a new phone and uh, get another line or something. And <clears throat> don't ever give that number out. See what happens. Um, so... What what's my big take on this? Number one, uh, Gail last night, my wife was uh, concerned that I might be very disappointed in the results and just you know want to throw the towel in. And um, I, I I looked at her and I said, "Honey, uh, thank you, I appreciate it, but I've been working on my let's double down and get to work speech." And I said, "There's nobody throwing in the towel." Uh, Andy Murs, victory. Of 60, whatever it was, 63, 62%. Again, I don't have the county numbers right in front of me. 62%, I believe, was what he did. 62, 63%. Folks, if Andy Murr were doing a great job in Austin, that would have been up in the 80s. All right? So the fact that Wes, Wesley got one for every two votes that Andy Murr did which is about what it is. In fact, it's a little more than that. He got a little bit more than one for every two votes. That is a powerful message to Andy Murr. Now, what, what is he going to do with that message? We don't know. How are we going to find out? Well, 
You're going to have to go to Austin next year. You're going to have to keep up with Andy Murr. One of the things you can do is ask Andy Murr to host a ask Andy Murr to host a um, um, what do you call that candidate forum? Not a candidate forum, but a, uh, a town hall. Town hall. Ask Andy Murr now. Say, Andy, would you be willing to have a town hall in your district um, every two weeks, every three weeks? Mr. Murr, would you send us out a weekly newsletter? Now, I, I've always been signed up for Murr's newsletters. He sends one out every now and then, but it's certainly not regular. It's not often. Very few of them do that. However, some do, right? Robert, uh, Bob Hall, Bob Hall, Senator Hall, you get something from his office. If you're one of his constituents or sign up for him, you get all kinds of stuff on a weekly basis. You know what Bob Hall is up to, what vote he's about to face, what vote he just took. There are people out there who stay in communications with their, with their, um, with their voters. Um, so that's one thing you can do. Um, my biggest uh, issue is is the people that get all fired up during the campaign and you go out and you block walk and you get signs out and you do all this work for your candidate and then your candidate loses and you get mad, you take all your toys and you go home. We don't see you up at the Capitol, all right? So we watch someone just go all froth in the mouth over trying to replace uh, someone who's in office or defending someone who's in office. And then it's all during the campaigns and they go vote. Oh, I went and vote for, I went and vote for Andy. I went and voted for Nubia. I did that like that, but boy, they didn't win. And I, I said, I've had it. I'm not going to deal with this anymore. And, and, and I'm done. I'll, I'm going to hear that. I'm going to hear that. In fact, the head of the Fredericksburg Tea Party back in 2012 called me and said, uh, we're done. We're done. We're shutting it down because they had lost. That was that second Obama race. They said, we've never worked so hard in our loss in, in, Obama, uh, in, in our life, and Obama won anyway. We quit. We're done. That's when I had to take over, and I was handed the reins. There's going to be, you're going to hear people who say that today and then the next day. Don't argue with them. Let them go. Because if they're easy, that easy to flip, you don't want them back on your team if they go, if they run off like that. Because you're not ever going to be able to count on them in the future. Because when the going gets tough, they're just going to take off somewhere. And some of you candidates who had never run before, who now ran and got beat, but you talked about all, oh, you talk all oh, on the campaign trail about everything that they're doing wrong. Where are you going to be in January? You going to be at the Capitol? Or are you going to be back uh, doing whatever job you're doing? And uh, I lost, so I'm done. I quit. No, I'm not going to go up there to Austin. No, if you if you if you were uh, if you lost this race, and um, I don't see you in Austin in January. Um, I'm not, I don't think much about your race if you don't want to get involved because there's more than one way to skin a cat and you can do that either by running for office and getting office or you can do it as a citizen and be engaged. And so if you really mean everything you said on the campaign trail, but you lost, but then it's time, that means it's time for you to get to work as a citizen to do something, be an engaged citizen. All right. Um, Y'all stay tuned. We're going to be right back and do a little bit of the Texas Declaration of Independence. 
you know what I failed to mention? <laughs> Voter turnout. So, um, how um, how did we do in voter turnout? You know, I've been telling you over the last uh, few weeks, few months, that your average turnout in the state of Texas, if you go back and look at 30 years worth of data, and by the way, that when I pull that number, when I say that number, that's not a number you can just find on a single page. You've got to go uh, election by election, take notes. There's no spreadsheet that gives you all these numbers. These numbers take work. So I went back 30 years, and I looked at uh, uh, participation in the primaries and the general election, Republican primaries and the general election. And the pattern I saw over 30 years, if you, you know, if you do it like uh, ice skating, you throw out the high score and the low score. All right. So let's go back 30 years, throw out the high score and the low score. And in primary elections, we, Texas Republicans, show up at a rate of around 8 to 9%. That varies, of course, by county. That's your statewide average. In fact, when I first started doing this research, and I was looking at all 254 counties, you can't find that on one place. You have to go to 254 counties to find those numbers. So I'm going through and uh, pop open, and I kid you not, I glance over to the percentage of voter turnout, and it said 100%. And I'm going to go, wait, 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 wait. Something's wrong here. So I went back to the left, followed that long uh, um, uh, followed that long line over there. It was in Loving County. You know what the voting population of Loving County is? It's about 109 or 110. <laughs> and in that one election, every single one of them showed up to vote. Um, they actually had, uh, Loving County actually had, um, didn't do too good in the Republican primary. They only had about 34, 35% voter turnout. So they had about 38 or 39 votes cast, um, which just makes me, uh, it just makes me laugh. Um, but then, uh, let's get to our local counties. Remember, I've always said Kerr County always beats Gillespie County on local turnout, both of our counties always end up above state average, all right? And Kerrville generally is higher above state average than Fredericksburg is, and uh, or Gillespie County and, and, and Kerr County. So interesting numbers. Uh, last night, Gillespie County beat Kerr County in the turnout. Uh, turnout in Gillespie County was 27 or 8%, or uh, yes, 27 or 8%. And, uh, and I'll have all these numbers exact tomorrow. And then Kirk County, it was like 23 or 24%. You beat the state average. What was the state average? It was a little over 7%. A little bit over 7% voter turnout in the Republican primary. So not only our, our average is 8 or 9% over 30-year period, we statewide dropped below. And you may ask yourself, <laughs> how did I get here? You may ask yourself, how, what, why does, with all the action we saw, all those mailers you got, all of that stuff, the television ads, all the texts, all, the, all of that, and only seven out of 100 people show up to vote in the primary election? Is it because the doors are only open for, you know, 30 minutes in the middle of the day on one day to vote? No, we have two weeks of early voting. You can do your mail-in ballots. You can vote. Uh, you, you, you can vote. Oh, my goodness. 
7% statewide? That's embarrassing. That's horrible. But that is also, I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to encourage you with that because it takes it takes less. If we had 80 or 90% voter turnout or 75% voter turnout, which, by the way, is not ever going to happen. We barely even get above 50% in uh, national um, uh, in, in uh, presidential votes. So if we're to get some kind of high number, uh, that would be a real tough before anybody challenging an incumbent. But our numbers are so low that our percentage voter turnout is so low that it is a much easier job to take an incumbent out if you want to do so. Um, so I want you to double down. I want you to go forward with the higher numbers than expected and uh, boy get involved in the runoff because you want to turn out in the runoff election is statewide are you sitting down do you need to maybe pull over so you don't scream and drive off the road it's two to three percent two to three percent of the texas republican voters are going to show up at the runoff so that means if you've got a good guy in the runoff, man, all you got to do is get out a handful of more voters than the other guy. It's going to take some more work. But uh, in these runoffs, are going to be quite interesting. And hopefully your uh, local uh, organizations, it ought to be the Republican Party. Your local Republican Party should be doing their best to bring all these candidates uh, that are involved in the runoff to the county so that you can meet them and, and do forums and stuff. I know uh, the Fredericksburg Tea Party Steering Committee is going to meet this afternoon, and we're going to start uh, working on getting our candidates um, uh, in, the, the those who are in for a runoff. Um, I don't know if we'll be able to get the statewide candidates in, but we're definitely going to get uh, do our best to get Flores and, uh, and Reyes in here. Um, for our Senate District runoff, and absolutely for those of us in House District 19, we're going to get the two in on that runoff as well. So there you go. We're going to do our best to keep that up. Um, Texas Constitution, what was it? I found this. Um, here we go. Where is that? I found this this morning, and it was so well written and now i can't find it again so thank you <laughs> thank you matt for not getting all your ducks in a row the texas constitution is um was written up and and brought out at uh, washington on the brazos if you've never been there it's very cool um it was written very quickly in fact uh, the theory is that one of the guys brought it um already to go uh, probably richard ellis had it pretty much all ready to go it is structured identically to the U.S. Constitution. The structure is the same. And it basically starts out by expressing the right of free people to choose whom they associate with and, and, uh, and the, uh, the agreements they want to make and, and the countries they want to form. It starts out with that, and then it gives all the reasons why they want to form their own country. And then it gets to the end and says... Therefore, be it resolved. Um, in fact, some of you at uh, uh, precinct conventions went through these last night. It says, we are therefore forced 
We therefore, the delegates with the with plenary powers of the people of Texas, in solemn convention assembled, appealing to a candid world for the necessities of our condition, do hereby resolve and declare that our political connection with the Mexican nation has forever ended and that the people of Texas do now constitute a free, sovereign, and independent republic and are fully invested with all the rights and attributes which properly belong to independent nations and conscious of the rectitude of our intentions, we fearlessly and confidentially commit the issue to the decision of the supreme arbitrator of the destinies of nation. So they even closed the Texas Constitution in line with the U.S. Constitution where we mutually pledge our lives and our fortunes and our sacred honor, but then it gets to the very end, and what does it say? It says, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence. So in the U.S. Declaration, they said this is going to be up to God. And in the Texas Constitution or Declaration of Independence, it, but the last line says, everything we've done here we know is going to go to the decision of God, the supreme arbiter of the destinies of nations. And so both declarations end up with the acknowledgement of God and that their success will depend upon God. Got into Isaiah last night. Isaiah, I can't go to the Isaiah thing. And I appreciate David sending me Isaiah 611. Um, how long shall we cry out? But I'm going to go, and thank you for sending me that. I'm going to Isaiah 49, 24 through 26. Can the prey be taken from the mighty man, or the captives of a tyrant be rescued? Surely, thus says the Lord. Even the captives of the mighty man will be taken away, and the prayer of the the prey of the tyrant will be rescued. For I will contend with the one who contends with you, and I will save your sons. I will feed your oppressors with their own flesh, and they will become drunk with their own blood, blood as with sweet wine. And all flesh will know that I, the Lord, am your Savior and Redeemer, the Mighty One of Jacob. So, um, yep. Yeah. We, God's got our back. God's got our six. We just have to trust him, depend on him, turn it over to him, and ask for wisdom and guidance. Um, folks, uh, keep our nation in prayers today. Today, pray for our nation. Pray for the state. And um, pray for me. And for crying out loud, stay tuned for Lorraine. I'm sure she's got lots to say today. KRNH HD2, Kerrville, K271CH, Fredericksburg, K2A2BI, Kerrville, The Hill Country Patriot.